please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. The following includes conversation relating to cryptocurrency. The information provided and discussed is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Any use of any information has done so at your own risk. DV Radio LLC, as well as the hosts and guests of the show, take no responsibility if you wish to use any of the information in your daily life. Again, the topics discussed are strictly for informational and educational purposes only. I am Chris, the CEO. My name is Paul. I'm the COO. I am Chris, a.k.a. Little Chris, the Chief Technical Officer of Affinity Innovations. Our long show, we will talk about Affinity, crypto in general, EFI, blockchain technology, technology, uh, and just talk about anything, whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Get to know us at a little more personal level. Babbling nonsense. Is there any cursing <laughs> rules or anything? No, you say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I think they'd be more worried if you didn't curse. <laughs> show me the money. Show me the money! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, Affinity Protocol right here on WDVRDVRadio.net and on Twitch. We are live tonight on Tuesday, January 30th with episode number. That's a good question. God damn it. I thought you would have had that ready. <laughs> oh, man. I had to back up. Let me back up one. Uh... 45. Damn. Episode number 45. I like that. That's a lot of episodes, man. A lot of listening to you talk. Yeah, ironically enough, episode 45, and in one more week, guess who's going to be 45? Your old ass. <laughs> That's right. Well, a little over a week, but still. Damn, couldn't have planned that any better than myself. Couldn't have. So what's going on, guys? How are you old? I don't know if I want to associate with you anymore. True, I am. Uh, you catch it up. Someday you'll pass me. So I'll pass you. I don't. I don't think that's exactly how that works. That's why I tell my kids. Uh, but you know, so all right, all right. We got. I'm. I'm feeling it. You know, uh, last week was uh, a little rough, but I made it through pretty good. Man, I was sick. I did come down with the vid, but uh, you know, it didn't get the best of me. I won. I'm back, but. But did you though? I did. I won. Okay. I'm, I'm here. Yes, that's true. And I'm stronger now. I actually think I even developed superpowers after it. All right. So now I know that you didn't win because you're fucking delusional. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you what they are. That's a secret. Well, you know, um, you know what did happen over the weekend there. Right, your uh, your forty niners. Oh, I thought you was going to talk about the Chiefs. <laughs> Why would I talk I about the Chiefs? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to go down that road just to, uh, you know, kind no. of give them more attention than they've already gotten. No. We, oh, I forgot to mention everybody. 
Our guest this week is Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. I don't want her people calling my people. Oh, they're gonna now. We don't, we don't too late. <laughs> Way too late, dog. <laughs> we don't need none of that. <clears throat> Sorry, Kelsey. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was that was an awesome game. It it, it uh, started out first half really, really kind of uh, terrible, a little, a little questionable there. Yep. It was uh, had me a little annoyed and, and pissed off, but at the same time, like I said, I I, I did kind of call it. I was like, man, the, the defense. We talked about that. The defense just don't know how to play the first half, especially right. They just don't show up. And, they they learning, doc. They learn it. Yeah, they studying. <laughs> they figuring out a game plan, and then they execute. Fucking crazy. You know, and good for the Lions. So I'm glad they, they made it as far as they did. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, it's not going through the 49ers next year and then they can actually get there because I'd like to see them. I, I could feel for all the all the longtime Lions fans because for as long as I've been alive, the Lions have been like one of the punching bags in the NFL. Like, Oh, yeah. My, my dad grew up uh, in a like Pontiac area. So his his whole thing, you know, I think we talked about this as well as for the longest time, you know, like come uh, like Thanksgiving morning, his tradition was, you know, you wake up, you watch the Thanksgiving parades, then you watch the Lions lose. <laughs> and like that was that was Thanksgiving morning. That's basically what it was about, too. It's like you see the Lions on the schedule, you're like that's the way you just check it off like weeks in advance. Well, that's, an, that's an easy win. <laughs> no, so that was it was good to at least see him there and, you know. Like I said, in all honesty, had they lost that game, dropped it to the Lions, of course I wouldn't have been like happy, but I, I wouldn't have been that upset because, like I said, it, it was good to see them there. Uh, two weeks from now, the Super Bowl. Mm. That's uh, that's going to be a game that is going to have me on edge. I guarantee it. Come on, you know, you know, your Swifty team is going to win. And nobody wants to lose to the Chiefs. No. <laughs> Not this year, at least with all of that stuff. No. Nobody wants to. Nobody. Nope, it's going to be awful. And, and I, want, I want to just put a little bit of perspective on this, too, because I know with the 49ers, like, people are like, oh, well, 49ers have been, you know, pretty good for, you know, ever and all this. But if you were alive... From like 2005 to like 2015. I didn't turn my system sound down. Uh, 2005, 2015. You would have experienced a decade of some of the worst football that you've seen come out of the Bay Area. Like it was bad. It was really bad. For 10 years, they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't do shit. Hold on, hold on. What years did you say? Uh, It was 2005. 2015. Okay. okay, hold on. I got Google. What years did Colin Tapper <laughs> play? He was there well, in like 15, 16. Probably he was there from 2011 to 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The, the second, the second half of your downward spiral of the year 49. 
Yeah, so I, I, was, I was a little early then. I was a little little early with it because he did make, uh, the, obviously, a Super Bowl and NFC Championship game. And then the last couple of years he was there, he just was abysmal. Uh, so, yeah, maybe it was like 2003 or something like that to 2012. I don't know, somewhere around that area. I just know the year my son was born, they were they were 2 and 14. So, it was... Hell, uh, yeah. <laughs> Some good season right there. So, no, they weren't good forever. Uh, They do have the five Super Bowls, but they all came pre-2000. So, it's been quite a while. Last one was 1994. Uh, Steve Young leading the charge for that, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Right? So, (laughs) uh, they've been to the championship game and the Super Bowl a few times since then, but it's been a while since they won one. 30 years. So, let's get it. Yeah, it's been a little bit longer since the Lions got one, so you know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, fuck Kansas City. We got enough. <laughs> but even when they first came up, I was happy for them because Kansas City was one of those teams, you know, back in the you know nineties and shit. They they weren't very good back when they had like Christian Okoye and all that. Like way back, they were pretty good and competitive. But they went through a few couple decades themselves, so they were just terrible. But now. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. Yep. All right. So one of the things uh, that I was going to talk about, and, and little Chris brought up a point as well, that he's he's going to end up sending me the the link or the screenshot of it whenever he, he gets to his work computer some other time. But <clears throat> I I had a thought today as I was scrolling through. Uh, news. So, like, what I what I do to keep up with the news, and, and granted, so like when we worked, um, when we worked at the at the job where where I first met you, you yeah. know, there wasn't a whole lot to do. It was boring. So I'd I'd scroll through like you know Google News during my downtime, just because you know we had unclassed computers, so I could you know get on the interwebs and that kind of shit. So that was like where I got my news source from, and then we ended up going to, to go do other jobs, and I really kind of stopped that. So I feel like. Um, while I was in the military, I didn't really keep up with the news. I didn't, I, I didn't have time, like to, at least like military news, right? Like I didn't care about watching or reading up on military news when I was living it, you know, I already had to deal with that lifestyle. I, I didn't feel like, you know, following up on it that much. Plus to me, like it didn't matter, you know, got a yeah. commander in chief, tell me what to do. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> Only recently, really, have I gotten back into, like, you know, regularly trying to check the news and, like, kind of keep up on some current events and whatnot. And I, please, for the love of God, correct me if I'm wrong, because if I, I, I hope, I mean, I think I'm right, but I, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm okay admitting that. Yeah. But I feel as though we have never, as a, as a country, publicized the potential efforts of military operations more than we have like in the last couple of months. I get it that sometimes we're, you know, doing some proxy BS and, you know, we don't really want to be directly involved. So we do the proxy thing and you kind of hear a little bit about it. And, you know, you have to maybe watch some documentaries that kind of show you how the U S is indirectly involved. Like take, for example, this, this attack, at um, uh, in Jordan that uh, killed three service members. Yep. Bro, like the last 36 hours have been nothing 
but like people talking about like, oh, well, you know, the U.S. response could be this, this, this or this. And Biden's talking about maybe having this as a response. And like, when is that ever supposed to be publicized? Right. Like that is the stupidest breach of OPSEC I've ever seen in my entire life. Like even, you know, most of those those military strikes and whatnot are are meant to be. You know, hush, hush, like the yeah. raid against Osama bin Laden. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on until President Barack Obama walked out on the White House lawn and was like, my fellow Americans, and, and told us what went down. Yeah. Or that that general or whatever that we got in a drone strike when uh, when Trump was in office. Like, we didn't be like, hey, we're going. Like, it was not posted on the news. Like, we found this guy. We're going to fucking go for him. But like now, and I get it, there needs to be retaliatory response, you know, conflict, whatever. But like, why is it so publicized? Like, that just seems so stupid to me. So, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I see what you're saying, and I, I do agree. But there's also a side where this can also be some sort of psychological warfare, which... America's Which I, I I agree to an extent, but like, you you don't need it, right? Like, time in history has shown what potential retaliatory response the United States has and and has done for any sort of retaliatory response. Like, you know our capabilities. What is you know like we're posting more videos of tanks and shit. Our tanks and our equipment and shit like that driving around showcasing it more than ever now because we're giving it to all these other countries to use. So, like, you know what the armament is. You know what the capabilities are. Like, it, it's not like uh, those governments are going to, like, black out, you know, news and coverage of other countries that is going to potentially lead to, like, intelligence that they can gather, even if it's, you know, mis misinformation and stuff like that. So it, it's not like they don't know what the capabilities are. So, like, why even talk about it? There's also tanks like North Korea. There's also the fact that no one, unless you're in the know, no one really truly knows what armaments the United States actually has. So a lot of it is still hush-hush. Well, right, but, but you, you at least have a general idea of, of what the baseline capabilities are. Especially if you're in the Middle East where the U.S. just had been had occupying multiple areas for the last 20 some odd years. Like, you you know what the capabilities are. There's there's no getting around that. I, I, I just think broadcasting is stupid. And the second part of this with the, the, the screenshot um, that I'll hopefully get from you in a couple of days just so I can laugh at it is in this, and this is where, to me, it comes back to asking the question, like, what, what happened to OPSEC? You know, like, when we were in the military, that was drilled through our skull that, like, you know, you have to have that operational security and, you know, be mindful of what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And here's some vice admiral out in Bahrain doing an interview about military readiness. And in the background, there's somebody on a fucking Cipernet computer with the screen unlocked. Like, they're on the goddamn Cipernet. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So granted, according to the screenshot, like there's nothing on the screen. It's just like the Windows Home because, um, you know, not to talk about what all is on Cipernet, but yeah, yeah. it's just the Windows. It's just the Windows Home screen. So it's not like it's showing anything. But like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is there even a camera in the same room as a goddamn Cipernet machine? Yeah, no shit. 
Like what what happened to to OPSEC that that like I mean, God forbid you didn't do your your um uh for us it was called NKOs, Chris. I don't remember what you'd call it in the Air Force. So your military GMTs, general military training, like the all annual bullshit you have to do, like hearing loss and education oh, yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Well like they always had like eighteen of those fucking annual courses dedicated to like OPSEC and anti terrorism level one and yeah. like all this other bullshit, but hey, let's set up an interview with this guy and have a fucking sippernet machine in the background, just fucking oh willy nilly. Let's talk about uh, what potential strategies we're going to use to to strike back for a retaliatory response for killing three of our service members. Like wh- what happened? The Air Force wasn't that creative. They just called them CBTs. Oh yeah, yeah, computer based training. Yeah, we <laughs> called. Well, so in the Navy, it used to be called NKOs because the platform it was done was on uh, called Navy Knowledge Online. Oh, I know that was like, yeah, yeah, yep. And then, and then they developed because you know, in their infinite wisdom, they decided let's have thirteen different platforms that you have to sign into and basically do the same training on every single platform so that you've done it at least 55 to 60 times throughout the course of the year. And if you forget to do the training on one of the platforms, but you did it on the other 12, we're still going to take away your liberty and write you up and all this other bullshit. Uh, in the meantime, also find time to do your normal job while you're getting all of this computer-based training done on these 13 different platforms. Sounds about right. But then, you know, hey, let's interview a guy with a Cifernet machine open in the background. Yeah, I don't know I what mean, the deal is. I agree with you, though. It is it is becoming increasingly publicized. And I got to think it's naturally on purpose. But w- what's their end goal? Like, I, Chris got part of it right. I, I do believe that some of it is psychological. They're trying to flex muscles and and say, hey, you know, we have we can do this. Watch what we'll do or or. You know, a threat without being a, a threat, direct threat sometimes. But yeah, shit. Like if it, it's it's kind of like just do do what you got to do, or don't do it. Well, and that's what I I don't understand. Like the the doing it for show thing, right? Like all I can think about is the the South Park episode when they go meet um uh, who's the idiot that wrote the uh, Game of Thrones books um, George R R Martin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so you see the episode of South Park when they're like going to him because they need to like find out what happens next or about the dragons, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, the dragons are coming. They're they're definitely coming, all right." (laughs) And then it was someone was there that was like diabetic and needed food, and and they're like, "Where's like where's the pizza?" And he, "Oh, don't worry, the pizza's coming. It's it's coming." Like that's what I feel like is going on right now, where they like you know there's an attack and they're like, oh don't worry we're gonna retaliate we're it's it's coming we're gonna retaliate so fucking hard yeah it's gonna be so good that's how much we're gonna retaliate it's it's gonna be great and then either nothing's gonna get done or we're gonna be re- writing into somebody else's playbook and screw ourselves even more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll truly understand what the hell is going on on any level with our, our government, especially over the last few years, man, it's just been chaotic to say the least with everything that's going on. I, I mean, and it all comes back on us. Like we, we were just talking about the other day in chat, right? With the fucking taxes. Like what oh, the yeah, hell yeah, yeah. is going on with that? We got, you're talking about all these, uh, you know, these wars, uh, you know, the, the, publicity of of 
what we're doing with the tax and, and all this other shit. Meanwhile, they keep it real damn quiet as to why the hell the tax laws or, or whatever has changed over the last few years. And, you know, I, I stopped putting together my tax, give a little backstory, especially, you know, Chris, we weren't part of the conversation. I stopped putting together my taxes, right? And, and, and full disclosure, I haven't inputted all my data yet, but I've been doing my own taxes my entire life. So I, I kind of get a feel for like how things are progressing. And I start putting in this information and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, for fuck's sakes, I'm going to end up owing this year. I've never owed in my entire life. Now, there's been years where I've gotten a lot back. There's been years where it's been decent, okay. But I've never gotten a refund that was less than, say, a thousand bucks. Because I, I've been trying as I get older, I try to hone it in so they're not getting their free loan and all that shit. And I, I want to try to break even as possible. Yeah, I give them that free loan. I'm a patriot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to not care as much in the past, but like now as I get older and inflation's picking up and shit like this, I'm like, no, fuck that. I need more of my paycheck. Uh, but the last few years have been pretty good. You know, a thousand, two thousand dollars back, whatever. This year, it looks like I'm on track to potentially pay in a couple thousand dollars and nothing really has changed. Damn, I got a solution for you. Just claim Israel and Ukraine on your taxes. I know, right? <laughs> it, uh, I'm about to because it's crazy. And, and you know, so we took to the internet, we're looking it up and, and apparently there's like a lot of people complaining about this and, and you know, I just got, I got to go back. Paul and I were talking about it. I guess Paul said there was some information that he had heard about that, you know, some tax laws that were expiring and, and increasing year over year, like I didn't even break into a new tax bracket. All right. So like, I have no idea what the hell happened. My income has not changed in like, you know, at least a couple of years since I got in this yeah, and position. They, and they came out, they came out with like an updated standardized deduction, which was, was less. Yeah. So it's not the, was it, was it previous years like 26,000, something like that? I, it depends on how you're filing and and stuff like that. Well, married uh, for joint married uh, filing married uh, joint, it's like 27. It actually is is higher. I think it was 22, 22 last year. I want to say. I think it's like 27 now. Oh, I don't remember. But the amount All I know is, is bro. You know what's embarrassing is I I literally last week found out exactly what that number actually means. Oh yeah, bro, I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be 34 in March. <laughs> granted, granted, she's uh, she's now a full time employee, but my wife has been yep. a 1099 employee for an extended period of time. So we've you know had to uh, do the estimated tax payments every quarter and whatnot. And I ain't trying to do all that shit. I'm not a CPA. That's that's what CPAs get paid for. So I haven't done my taxes in a while, but like, you know, the other, only other times was when I was like, you know, young single in the military and I just fucking power through TurboTax. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm getting like two grand. Let's fuck up. Like, <laughs> let's get drinks, go to the bar, you know, dumb shit like that. So I never even cared to know what that that was And my my man. I found out last week what that number is. And I was like, oh, shit, I could like. I could I could do some like some cool estimations now that I kind of know yep. what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> it definitely helps. You think it helps anyway when then, then this shit happens. Right. Well, I basically get I basically get double what that standardized deduction is because 
childcare. Um, you get a you get a giant write off for childcare. So yeah. basically, I'll get a statement from um uh, from the school for how much I've spent for the year, which is damn near twenty grand. Um, Holy that's, shit, man! That's and, like college tuition, bro. Yeah, it, it ain't cheap, dog. Damn, childcare expensive. It ah. just keeps going up. It's it. Oh. Yeah, I, I pay. I pay almost almost four hundred dollars a week. Holy shit, man! Yo, I watch a kid. <laughs> oh hell no, man! You gonna do you gonna do what you do every time you come to my house? You gonna be like, hey man, you want some chocolate, some yeah. candy? <laughs> come on, your house will be fucked up every day. There'll be shit everywhere, toys all over nah. the place. Nah. <laughs> oh, but it's nuts, man. That that kind of the only thing that might save me is this year my son started college, so the the write off for his, his tuition might allow me to break even. I'm really hopeful. I haven't put that information in yet. But I'm telling you all out there, anybody that's listening to this, just be prepared for that when you start prepping your taxes this year. Something changed. And, hey, uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe I mean, I hope not because I'm not trying to get audited or anything. But uh, if I'm wrong, maybe you'll be all right. But just be ready for your for whatever refund or whatever you pay hey, in. For- and- I got a tax question for you. Yeah. What's what's the, the generalized tax rate for, for gambling winnings? Gambling winnings? I thought it was 30%. 30%? I thought it was 30%, but I'm not sure. I don't Look, win when Lord. I gamble, so I don't know. Because <laughs> I was, well, I was like, so I, I, you know, going through my paperwork and stuff, I got the the slip from Vegas from when I uh, when we went out there for DefCon, and I got the two grand at that slot machine. But you telling me I'm gonna get taxed thirty percent on that, bro? That's like six hundred dollars. You're gonna get taxed pretty heavy. It's the it's the same. I believe it's thirty because it's the same. It might be even forty. It's the same as like when you win the lottery, right? So forty. Oh fuck! It's hell something no. along those lines. But again, like I said, I never because I don't win at gambling. So oh, the risk I assumed by putting my money in that slot machine better exempt me from no goddamn forty percent. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I, my I'm fairly certain it's a minimum thirty percent. It's it's either thirty or forty. Fuck, dude. Yes, sir. What would they have done if I was just like, hey, I don't want the two grand. Like, I'm going to keep spinning and lose it all back again. <laughs> would I still have to pay 40 fucking percent? Um, no, because, well. All right. Well, here's the thing. You can only write off a certain amount of losses. But if you did put it back in and lose it. then you would have that to offset your winnings. But so what sucks about that is. If you just like when you're playing the stock market, you can only write off, believe it or not, three grand of losses in the stock market a year. So, but if you if you do well and you make half a million, oh, you bet your ass you have to claim that all in one year and pay taxes on it. But if you lose five hundred grand, your ass can write that three thousand a year for the next fifty damn years or whatever the hell. I just think it's kind of BS, right? Because, like, say say I put a 20 into a slot machine, and I get up to 40, and I get back down to 20, and I get up to 40 and back down to 20, and, you know, like, it goes back and forth. And I end up 
pulling out at right around 20 bucks, which means I, I, I damn near broke even and I essentially just wasted time and I'll walk away. Yeah. Why was it that because I, it, the prize was 2000 was I forced to cash it out? Like who's to say I wasn't going to sit there and keep spinning it until I got right back to my original, like 40 bucks or whatever I had put in and then been like, Oh, well, let me just break even and walk right the fuck away and have just wasted an extremely more amount of time to to get there. Why is it that I was forced to cash out and now I got to pay taxes on it when I could have had the intention of just keeping it right in there and, and going right back down. And you could have, then it would have been on a system, but they have to report it. So that's why they made you cash out because you want an amount that forced them to report it to the IRS. That's stupid. Yeah. And then you could have kept playing and there would have been on a system to say, well, I didn't really win that. I had these losses, you know. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I didn't. I kept the money. Yeah, I know. Buying you apples and beer. <laughs> I know. But, you know, same thing, right? And, and you know, crypto is the same, right? You start off ramping and all that other shit. You know, you got to claim that and that the taxes on that are pretty heavy. So that's why, you know, best to keep a lot of it in the market if you can. Right. I get it. Life situations. And- <laughs> so uh, so, I've, so I've, I've asked I've asked you this before. I just kind of because we're talking about taxes. There's any American views here. I, I want obviously not financial advice, but I just want to hear your answer again, because if I remember correctly, it was pretty funny. What would happen if somebody ignored a particular tax document and filed their taxes without it? So like take, um, say, say somebody withdrew from 401k, right? Yeah. And they get it. They get, you know, I don't even know what the piece of paper is at the end of the year, right? They get the piece of paper, but they just like, nah, I'm not going to enter this in, in TurboTax or Tax Slayer or whatever. Obviously, that is wrong. You should not do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. But like, what's going to happen? Uh, they're going to more than likely, assuming they catch it because they're going to. We'll just say that they're going to catch it. And then they're going to assess the taxes on it and send you a bill for the taxes. They're usually not going to do anything legal. Right. They're not going to say, oh, you're going to jail. I'm going to see you in court and nothing like that. It's going to send you. And I get it. I don't know what my response was last time. This is not a funny response. This is actually what would happen. They'll just assess it and say, oh, well, you missed this. You didn't put this in. This was reported to us. You didn't report it. This is what your tax difference would have been. You owe us X amount of dollars. Pay it. And we're going to keep hitting you with interest. Then if you don't pay it, then you're going to be in legal trouble. I think I think your funny response last time was something along the lines of like you saying like it's really crazy how our tax system works because they don't just tell you at the end of the year hey this is how much you owe pay it like you basically have to make an educated guess pay it and that's hope true. that it was right I mean that's true and I thought I thought I remember hearing you say that too but because <laughs> that's that's how taxes seem to go like every year I do I'm just I'm like hey this is it could be errors. I mean, you never know. Right. right. Well, and now, now, and don't get me wrong. I'm not going to do this because I obviously would also say this on a recorded radio podcast show <laughs> <laughs> and then expect to be able to play dumb later. Right. <laughs> but like, 
obviously I'm for the two grand from Vegas. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give that to the CPA and be like, fuck yeah, you see that two grand? That's big money right there. I know it's not, but you know, I'm gonna pretend it is. Um, <clears throat> I just think it would be funny to be like, not do it, have them send me a bill, and or or better yet, they're like, fuck this dude, we get in our six hundred dollars, and they send somebody, and I'm like. Oh shit, that's right. I forgot. And they're like, "Oh, you f- so you did know about it? Like, <laughs> going to j- you going straight to jail, motherfucker." <laughs> See, I don't know, man. With this administration, they might arrest you. All the IRS agents are armed and shit now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but pay your taxes. If all y'all out there, because I know everybody listening to this is is in crypto, uh, make sure you're doing it right. Get a professional. That's, that's just my advice. I know, I know we're in DeFi, you know, you're controlling your own keys, you're controlling your own destiny. You got your trades going on, on, on all the DEXs and, and all that. I'm just going to say, pay your taxes, but, but it is DeFi. Controlling all your shit, or or you are going to get an angry letter. (laughs) (laughs) Because realistically, and this is another, it's kind of another downfall of of using central exchanges too. A lot is everything's tracked, like track, track. Every trade you make, every little thing you do, and I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. If you just want to have things done easily, you want to make sure you don't miss anything, you want to report the shit out of everything, great. Because that data will be there for you. A lot of them make it very easy where you can just download the document. It'll show all your trades, basically like when you're uh, when you're using Scott Trade and 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 you know all those other trading platforms. They send you a form and it lists every damn trade you make. And if you're like me back in the day, I would have like hundreds of trades because you used to have to report that shit individually, at least with stocks. Now you can kind of lump things together. Um, so with crypto, you're supposed to do the same, all your trades, you're supposed to report them all. And then any gains on any of those trades, you're supposed to obviously claim to pay taxes on it and then have your losses in there as well. Help balance you out for tax purposes. I am not a tax professional. I just do my own taxes so take everything I say with a grain of salt. Make sure you talk to a professional and get them shits done the right way. Um, but yeah, that's central exchanges will track everything and they report, they report to the IRS. They're required to. So take that for what it is. Where your wallet, your DeFi wallet is not reported to the IRS, but you still pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. All right, so <clears throat> in Twitch, title of this podcast is Affinity Protocol from Government to Games. So we're about, you know, halfway through. It's a complete opposite spectrum of what we're <laughs> talking about, but it still starts with a G. So the other thing I want to talk about tonight is some games. And the main reason is because uh, we're, you know, one month into 2024. And it really seems uh, there is already... Um, I don't want to say a, a developed niche for the year as much as uh, there's just some some success in a particular area. And we all know how trends are. And that that trend of popularity for something that has the potential to make somebody money 
is going to be acted upon like that there's not even an if and or but yeah it might not end up you know all being in the year 2024 it might spill over into the next couple of years but we have uh two pretty successful games already for the month of january right so we have power world that came out middle of january sometime right has breaking all sorts of records for you know concurrent players and, and stuff like that yep as as a kind of like a survival game you know there is hunger involved so you know survival <laughs> and um maybe a little bit less survival but uh enshrouded came out like what less than a week ago and is yep. is already throwing up some some pretty pretty big numbers um supposedly unless they backed up the release date and let me just talk very slowly so i can try to type it into steam and find out um another one coming nope it's not on the steam store as a pre-release yet hold on okay so skull and bones green it's not quite as survivally but skull and bones is still scheduled to be released on February 16th of this year. Wasn't that game supposed to come out like two years ago? Yeah. Like three or four years ago. <laughs> I remember so I being in a GameStop and seeing all the signs saying pre-order like for it's, it's coming. Like it's about to release like next week. I remember seeing that in a GameStop and then asking the dude at the counter and he goes, nah, they delayed it again <laughs> like six months. Yeah, because I remember watching the trailer in like 2019. Well, and that's the thing too, is that like one of the, the the top searches in Google is is Skull and Bones ever going to be released? <laughs> and that's so, being developed by Ubisoft. That's a huge that's, so that's what I was say, company. It, see, it seems like Ubisoft is finally is finally getting done with it, right? So again, it's it's more of a an action adventure video game, but it has you know survival crafting elements to it, kind of like you know a, a mix between Sea of Thieves and Atlas. Atlas being like the survival aspect of it and stuff like that, right? But, you know, that's that's halfway through February and that's going to be three um, it, as long as Skull and Bones ends up not flopping uh, like like New World ended up flopping. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's kind of like three big, like survival crafty style games for 2024, two of which are already throwing up absolutely incredible numbers. Well, so no, question- oh, go ahead. no, are you good? I was going to say no Ubisoft unless they learn their lesson. It's gonna be like, oh, we need some wood. Oh, microtransaction. That's it. I am fearful of yeah. that, but I feel like they're gonna adopt the Microsoft um, microtransaction of of skins only, like in uh, Sea of Thieves. That is my my guess. But um, in any case, so the first question is: Is twenty twenty four going to end up being the year of the survival game? And the second question, which could be question one B. Is does this mean we're going to see some of the OG, you know, quote unquote survival games start falling off? And what I mean by that is, you know, we we talked about it a lot, you know, back in the day, even, you know, way before we met each other and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, old man, me and you played a lot of Rust yeah. every now and then we'll still hop on it and stuff like that. But I'm talking like I played Rust like super alpha like before they they switched their engine you know when there was only one map uh you know it was i I have screenshots of it in my steam library from from way way back when this thing first came out back when it was supposed to be have zombies and it had like (laughs) red colored characters in it 
that were supposed to be zombies and they turned into zombie animals after they got rid of the zombie. Like, a lo- long time ago, right? Yeah. Back when it first came out. You know, that's considered to me a survival game OG. You got games like Seven Days to Die that are that, that game has been Seven Days to Die has been out for how long? Like years. 12 years or some shit. Was it 2012? And and it's still technically in alpha status. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> At some point, you have to say, like, all right, this game and, is done. And this is why it's perfect for the crypto world to, to, to blend into the gaming world. Look at all this shit that's just never coming out. I mean, that's why like, you talk about Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones is going to be the goddamn, it's going to be the safe moon of the gaming industry. It's never coming out. And if it does, it's going to be complete shit. I, you know, yeah. you look at, I read reviews yeah, on the, it from people that played beta. It's garbage. This is more like the, the South Park episode with George R. Bond. Yeah. Oh, it's coming. Don't worry. It's, it's coming. Not, and, and, and all the reviews you read on it, people talking that have played the beta and all this, they're all saying it's absolute garbage because Ubisoft more than likely decided at one point, all right, this just is not going to work, but we got to get it out. Right. We've already put so much money into it. We've already told everybody it's coming. Just put a bow on it. Just get this fucking game out no matter what. And they and they just probably they likely just dropped a bunch of content that they were gonna put in it. They just gave up on it and said well, just I didn't get know it about those reviews. That's kind of depressing. Yeah, the reviews on it are, are pretty terrible. And one thing I know in, in our group of friends. It doesn't go well is I believe there's no PVP in it. So oh, I mean me and you we don't take. Yeah, I could yeah, I give a take on that, but um yeah, there's none. Alright, so yeah, first first impression on Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones isn't very good because it's not the game I wish it was, but for the game that it is, it's actually really good. If that makes sense. Well, it does because they originally sold it as a different game. Yeah. You know, and then they, they switch gears. And so I'm sure it's still, it's a triple A company. So I'm sure it's still polished and shit, but it's just not the game that they said it was going to be. Yeah. So, so in any case, but like, so, you know, young Chris, you, you mentioned arc, you know, um, it, I think the same people that made arc made, made Atlas. Yep. Right. Um, let me let me go through the Steam library really quick for we some main Arc two. Let's see. Arc ten million. <laughs> it was a lot of DLCs for Arc Survival of the Fittest. <laughs> yeah, Arc Two was a flop. Yeah, I'm oh no. Uh, oh it hasn't Co- released actually. Conan Exiles. Yeah, that game got a lot of uh, I think it's like mixed reviews. Either you love that game or hate it. I mean, I, some of the updates and stuff they've done, I just, I just can't keep up with it. But so, so in any case, so, so the, the question, question one is, is twenty twenty four looking to be the game, the the year of the survival game, or the at least the year where it picks traction back up, mainly because of these first couple of games that have come out that are are hitting, you know, their stride with popularity. Because you know, we you did have last year, uh, end of last year, you had the front come out, yeah, and. You know, we played that one a little bit to try it out. Yeah. But like that's that's not, you know, top ten concurrent players or downloads or sales or anything like that, right? You know, even even New World when it came out, it didn't it didn't hit top ten concurrent players and stuff like it felt like it did with how long you had to wait to get into a goddamn server. 
right? But like, yeah, it didn't hit up there. I think I think um, some of our friend group tried playing that Reign of Dwarf game, which is very, I think, a copycat of Reign of Kings. But you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you know that that didn't break records. So like now, all of a sudden, though, beginning twenty twenty four. Oh, Sons of the Forest, another one. You know that one didn't really do good when it came out as the you know well the the launch was because it took down steam if you remember like there was so many people trying yeah. to buy it it steamed like went down but after that it didn't really no. it didn't do anything no so and all of these were you know 2023 releases or or end of 2022 releases even so it looks like i last played sons of the forest in february of 23 um yes sons of the forest isn't really a it's online, but it's more closed online compared yeah. to Power World or Arc or anything like that. It's those have dedicated servers that you can play with a bunch of people. While Sons of Force is really either single player or you play in co op. Well, I mean, even our friend group playing Power World, we're on a uh, someone's personal dedicated server, so I it's mean, not overall like there's yeah yeah there's uh, official servers for Power World. But so, but so in any case, is is yeah, are survival games finally going to get traction this year? And is it going to cause some of the nostalgic old school ones that you know, something like Seven Days to Die that has never left Alpha or or Rust? That I think, I think they 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 now finally call it a full release. Yeah, I think about a year ago, maybe they went full release. So to answer your first question, I would say yes and no. Um, really depends. That's a very crisp answer. On what group <laughs> you're in, because I follow a whole bunch of different games. Like it was closer to the end of 2023, but a lot of the games are releasing 2024. It's really body cam, realistic shooters. So kind of think of uh, they weren't ready or not, but more in the body. Wait cam. a second. Let me see. Let me see if I know one you're tracking because I did see one and it looked pretty damn good. Unreloaded. Oh man, you didn't even let me check. Because it's the only one I put on there. Yeah, that's the one. Yep, that that's one. And there's been a whole bunch of different copycats uh, for Unreloaded. Um, but I do think survival games, at least for Q1, let's call it Q1 of this year, will be popular. But then later this year, I believe it's later this year, there's supposed to be, like for example, X-Men games coming out. And then... I believe Suicide Squad, which obviously it already looks like a flop. That's another game coming out. So there's also going to be Hero games coming out as well. And those are the main ones we're tracking this year. So I think it's just going to be different quarters, different niches. Oh, and it's un- also, unrecorded. Unrecorded. Uh, unrecorded, yeah. Hey, and so, there's, there's also the group of people that just continue playing War Thunder and DCS, which is very two popular games for for war fighting and stuff like that. By the way, these pictures for Unrecord look pretty fucking nice. Yeah, um, they're crazy. Yeah. Watch the videos. Those like no, I can't. I have system sounds on. I watch the video. A, Everybody gonna no. hear it. Isn't that a solo dev too? I believe so. Yeah. Crazy. Because they're using Unreal Engine five. And source code from Ready or Not. It look it, no, it looks way better than Ready or Not. Like you can't, you can't really distinguish it from real life videos of body cam footage. That's how good it is. 
Like, there's a lot of people saying, oh, no, that's just real-life footage. But it's legitimately just gameplay footage. Yeah. Uh, so not not the, not the take away from that, but um. So Chris, you want to feel real stupid about Rust? <laughs> they they technically get did full release in February of two thousand eighteen. Oh no way! It's been that long. Yes. Holy but, shit! But when I talk about having an extended alpha, it was first released in early access December of two thousand thirteen, and that's way back. Like when I got in there and was playing it. So like that's that's a solid uh was it five years? Almost five years? Yeah in and Alpha. So, and see and and to answer your question too, I, I believe yes will at least if the momentum picks up because we'll see a resurgence of, of survival games. And it'll be good and bad. Um, but similar to, cause I like to try to always loop things back into, you know, crypto world and all that shit, similar to how crypto goes when people come out, you know, when, when the NFTs were hot, right. And everybody's doing an NFT marketplace, right. That's what the trend, you know, calls for. But what ends up happening is you see a lot of garbage. People are just doing it, trying to make a quick buck. So if they see a resurgence of, of, uh, you know, survival games, there's going to be a lot of shit that's going to come out. And hopefully, like you're talking about the OGs, they they see that and they see that the the focus and the spotlights put back on their genre and they come out with even more and better content. Like Rust puts out updates every every month and a lot like they're pretty damn good updates, uh, as well as a bunch of other games that do updates uh, all the time. So hopefully we'll see like and then we'll see a couple of blockbuster like real good games like. Our world, I think, is a very well-developed game. Pokemon and Nintendo is going to have a problem with it. They're already going after them. Uh, I don't think they'll win. But it is, for those of you who don't know that are listening, it, it is, it's very, very close uh, to a Pokemon survival game. Uh, with guns. With guns. Uh, there's a lot of similarities. So I see where Nintendo has the problem. I just don't think there's enough there for them to win. Um, but like that, they, they did a very good job developing that game to its point right now. Uh, and shrouded, I haven't played it. I watched somebody play it. Uh, I think the game's very well developed to this point. Um, but again, another tie in to, you know, with things with, with crypto, we're so used to when you're kind of stuck in this world. And this is why I like that. We, we talk about a lot of different things on this podcast, especially gaming, because it gives a perspective from things that are outside of just what we deal with every day. And we get so used to, um, you know, when are things come and the development shouldn't take this long or whatever. We're dealing with people's money, right? When you're in the gaming industry, yes, you're taking people's money for the product, but that's the end of it, right? If the game sucks, They'll, they'll just request a refund on Steam or the worst they've lost was 30, 40 bucks on your game. <laughs> when you're dealing with crypto, you're dealing with people's money for the future, for years to come in hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars flowing through that thing. We just talked about games that were in development for 10, 15 years. So this is kind of like the perspective that I, I, I like, you know, because it, it gives... You know, it, it puts a spotlight on like, 
what real development and how that shit, the cycle of that and how long it takes, you know, a game, right? And you can say, oh, well, a game is, is a lot more in depth because there's a lot more moving pieces and all that. Well, that's true. But a lot of these game developers are doing some of the same shit you see in the crypto market where they take the code or they're using assets from a marketplace or they're, they're doing whatever. They're not developing all of these games from, you know, a blank, um, you know, a blank canvas where they have nothing in there typing the first lines of code. So yes, while it is extremely in depth and, and, you know, developing a game is out of my realm, it's not all that different than developing a super like platform, like a really solid usable platform in the financial market. They both entail a great amount of care and, and, and development to get it right. So to get back to what you're, you're saying about survival games, I really hope to see some good ones emerge. You know damn well in our group of friends, uh, they're going to test them all and probably within <laughs> a week bounce back, bounce out of one after two days and into the next one. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I personally love survival games. So I'm hoping to see some good ones come out. Well, I think, I think, um, so, and the other reason I asked that too is, um, based on cycles and, and, you know, we have software development cycles. I believe that there's game development cycles and game like trending cycles. Right. So, um, let me look up this one really quick. Exiles V state. Okay. So that's still proven to be about true. Uh, I just got to look up one more. I promise I'm almost there. <laughs> almost there. Almost. All right. So <clears throat> let me know if any of this stuff is is showing you uh, a trend based on, on gaps of when things first came out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Seven days to die. Initial release date, December thirteenth, two thousand thirteen. Okay, I was close. I thought it was twelve, but okay. Rust official really early access release date, December twenty thirteen. Hmm. Arc. Um, initial release is June twenty fifteen. Early access was uh, it doesn't have an exact date. It just says late twenty thirteen. Oh shit. Um. If anyone ever had, if anyone has this game in their library, hit me up because this was an unfortunate flop. This is one of those games that uh, definitely tried to uh, jump on the trend and and come out with something that they abandoned after they got some money. Uh, it's called the Stomping Land. It was basically they took uh, they took the idea of being able to tame and ride dinosaurs from Ark's um, early access release. And they made a game, and it did the gameplay for their early release was was not bad, um, but then the, the developer, I guess, just decided he made enough in sales and fucking ghosted. <laughs> so that was fun, right? And so then I'm I'm gonna jump to one of the next ones, right? The next one is uh, Conan Exiles, that was released um, 2017. So it went from 2013 to 2017. So that's about a four-year span right there. 
and then you put on a five-year span right that goes into 2022 and that's where you started seeing a lot of the other releases for some of the survival games that we have played yeah. recently coming out um so that you know includes like you know the front coming out in 2023 you know it's not necessarily a survival game but you had stuff like uh like ranch simulator uh that came out a couple of other survival games that really kind of started revitalizing the trend and now you hit beginning of 2024 you have you know power world you haven't shrouded you know hopefully for what it is have have something like skull and bones so i think that um 2024 2025 is showing um another increase where basically you know graphics engines are updated and development has started after that to kind of turn into the next phase and that we're going to unfortunately after this phase dies down see a slightly longer gap in between survival games and it's going to be closer to a six to seven year gap before you see another resurgence of them come out yeah and and don't forget i don't know what year um fortnite came out but we've seen a quite a long stretch of um the hell do you call those games like Fortnite? We just battle Royale. Them. Yeah, Battle Royale games. <clears throat> We've seen a stretch of that for a few years where like that, everybody, every new game that was coming out was doing it. Remember Call of Duty even brought it into, into yep, their you game. Had PUBG, you had PUBG. all the all oh, shits. PUBG was before Fortnite. Well, so I think I think the PUBG was before the Fortnite Battle Royale version of the game. That's right, because Fortnite had the the co-op. Yeah, so PUBG came out March of 2017, and the Fortnite Battle Royale part came out July 2017. You also got to remember, PUBG isn't originally wasn't originally an independent game. Wasn't? Nope. Or was it part of? I believe it first. I forgot what game it was, but I do know it was an alpha for like a couple to a few years, and then it finally released. I mean, that's just like Counter Strike came out of um, out of uh, what Half Life or something. Yeah. But in any case, yeah. So it's it's almost like as the the survival game died out from from some of those big ones that came out in the you know 2013 area you know almost five years later you had the inception of the battle royale with with stuff like PUBG and fortnite battle royale and then you know call of duty hopped onto it i'm, I'm sure there's others that yep. we're not thinking of but that kind of hit popularity and now you know that popularity is starting to die down i don't think there's a whole lot of players in PUBG anymore I'm sure there are, you know, Fortnite is still pretty popular for what it is, but I, I, I think that we're going to see a resurgence of survival games, which is for me, at least pretty exciting. Cause just like you, I, I enjoy survival games. Uh, it'd be nice to see some decent ones get developed. There's always going to be the shit ones, just like the stomping land that end up coming out and taking your money and running. Yeah. And the trouble almost, with almost, any of almost them. as bad as the one that our friend did for being on the, the donator list for the Kickstarter. What fucking game was that? Oh, I don't remember. But that game was so bad. God awful. Oh my <laughs> Jesus. 
Well, and that's the thing, right? So with any, with just like with anything, you know, you you never <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. And the and the problem with uh, the gaming industry is is attention span, keeping people's attention. Like I remember when um, when Shroud first came out, people were saying, "Well, they should have dropped it a week or two after Pal World," because I think they dropped it like the day after. Right, like day two. No, that, it was like a, no, it was like a week after. I, I don't know, well, whatever it was. But they were saying, "Oh, you should have waited another week or so until everybody was tired of Pal World." Like that to me says it all, and they're not wrong. Like people flock from one game to the other. I mean, you know, the the masses. You know, there's always going to be people that have played shit for years, but the the chunk of people they go from one and again, kind of reminds me of crypto, right? You got people yeah. just. Five days. Yeah, like bouncing around, like you know, could be the 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 greatest game, and uh, you know, you'll you'll another one will come out, and the attention span will shift to it, and you know, so that kind of also plays into why developers sometimes don't put as much work into it. You know, so you play a game, you're like, man, this game isn't as good as it is. The replay replayability is not there you know, whatever it may be. But then when you really think about it, you're like, well, if I was developing this game, would I want to put in the same effort and the same knowing that 80% of the people that are going to play it on release are probably not going to be playing it after two months. Right. You know, so gaming world's weird these days. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shit out there. Well, and that's, but and but the, that exact scenario that you just described as well is almost precisely what happened with New World. Yeah. Popular for about two months and then just fucking died. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I would say even like like shit like Fortnite, as well as that game was developed because I think it was a smooth game. I wasn't a big fan of it. I played it for a little bit with friends and shit like that, but I, I didn't really like it that much. It was a very polished game, very smooth. And I see why it got the attention. But if it wasn't for people like Ninja and shit playing it, would it still be a lot? Yeah, like, and then you get the influence, go back to it, all these games, they go back to it. And then, you know, they get paid to play it and all this other shit. So that's really how, and again, see it in in the crypto world, like going to influencers and all this other shit to try to keep things alive. Gaming world's really no different. They do the same shit. They pay they pay streamers and all this other stuff to do it. It's also an untapped market for crypto that hopefully, you know, things will happen. But you know, it, it's there's a lot of similarities, and I, that's why I think it's uh, it's crazy and in in a in a funny way that there seems to be this uh, you know at odds with uh, with gaming and, and the crypto industry. Eh, they'll find each other eventually. <laughs> but hey, guess what? What? It's about an hour. It is. Having a lot of fun. But it is after 9.30. Which means we need to go do a team meeting. Oh, man. I thought I was going to get away from you guys. Nah. <laughs> nah. We're getting, off, we're getting off here and we're going right into doing our team meeting Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. What do you guys, Chris, Paul, you got anything else? Uh, close out the show where you got anything else you want to add or. Get your OPSEC under control and let's play some games. 
<laughs> That's the theme of tonight. And the game is in the chat. And pay attacks. And don't open any sweatshops in Power World. You got sweatshops in Power Power World? You can make them. And the whole thing is basically a sweatshop. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Wait till they come out with customizable, like painted signs. People put like Nike swooshes over like their little sweatshop area. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, there's already mods for it. <laughs> oh, that's crazy! All right, well, that's gonna do it for us in this week. Uh, we appreciate everybody for coming out again. We will see you this Friday for Affinity Friday. So don't forget, eight thirty p.m. Uh, for our X Space. Uh, yep. So that'll do it for us tonight. Thanks again, everybody. Uh, this was Affinity Protocol right here on WDVRDVRadio.net. We'll see you next time. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. 